Welcome to Do It For The Gram and Enneagram podcast with your host, certified Enneagram coach, Milton Stewart, where we do it for the Enneagram, not Instagram. We make moves to improve our lives and those in our community. So as you know, we've been doing this series on defense mechanisms. Uh, and so this is the episode about the Enneagram 7. Let's go intro music. Super excited to announce my new partnership with BetterHelp. This episode is actually sponsored by BetterHelp. If you are struggling, BetterHelp can help. You'll receive 10% off the first month when you sign on using betterhelp.com forward slash do it. So I'm super excited uh, about this partnership that me and BetterHelp have um, entered into because in this point where everything that we're doing right now to connect with people is more virtual, it is so important mental health. I think that aligns perfectly with Things that we're trying to do, things that I want to do, and um, anybody that I would refer or think that could be potentially beneficial to the audience. And I think BetterHelp is definitely one of them. BetterHelp is basically, it's online counseling or therapy. So you're able to actually get some counseling or therapy, uh, depending on what's going on from licensed counselors and therapists around the country. And um, you get to be able to get some of that one-on-one mental checkup that you may need. And BetterHelp is able to help you. So just go to betterhelp.com forward slash do it and you'll get a 10% discount for your first month. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to the episodes I did with Elizabeth Worm before this one, please check that one out before this one. But I know everybody won't do that. Some people just go straight to their type when they see it pop up and they're like, oh, another one about my type. So if you do listen in, but I definitely recommend you listen to those two earlier episodes I did with Elizabeth Worm. It's a really good priming of the defense mechanisms and different things I'm going into. So what are defense mechanisms? Defense mechanisms are these really interesting and tricky ways that um, our ego kind of puts in place for us not to be able to truly grow like we need to be able to grow. So it looks similar and it kind of goes into the natural type structure of whatever type that is. Um, And so what it does is whenever the ego is tripped by something or something that challenges the version of the ego's reality or what it wants to be, then it kicks in in order to stop from actually deconstructing the ego. So it's really tricky a lot of times, and you don't know it until you really do some more and more self-awareness work. So why is it important? It's super important because in order to truly grow, you have to be able to deal with your defense mechanism, or you will not do the deep level of growth and really move to be able to really transition and change and transform your life. You'll be stuck at this little part of growth. And as a seven, I know it'd be like, ooh, I grew a little bit. And you'd be like, yay, I grow. I'm doing good. I'm great. I'm fine. I'm okay. But in actuality, there's a whole lot more that you're not really getting to. And you're actually, your defense mechanism is so strongly in place that, hey, you know, it makes it difficult for you to even notice that you're not even growing anymore. You're in the same spot doing the same thing over and over again. And that's tricky too, because our society naturally 
is kind of leaning towards seven-esque when it comes to how do you like kind of supposed to live your life. It leans towards like, you should be happy, be positive, turn all the way to positive and all these type of things. And so that's tricky because if your ego and your type structure is seven, then it's just kind of reinforcing something that we don't need to be reinforcing in order to actually do that really good work. Using the law of three as a way to help understand the defense mechanism of the seven, um, I got this from the narrative Enneagram. And so this is how I'm going to set it up. Think about a triangle. At one end, the seven ego structure believes it is always okay and everything is just fine. And is this is an ideal of what they believe they are. So if you ask the seven how they're doing, they're usually going to say, I'm okay, I'm good, I'm fine. And it's like an automatic response, even before they can really think about how am I actually doing? And so this is one thing, even if it's a good friend, it can sometimes turn into, I'm okay, I'm good. And so this is really tricky for seven. So in order for this idealization of themselves, as in, I'm okay, I'm good always, in order for it to stay intact, they must avoid suffering and limitations. So on one end of our triangle, we have, I'm always good, I'm always okay, I'm always fine, everything is okay. And the other end, we have suffering and limitations, okay? So now we have two ends of our triangle. So in order for it to actually happen, so if sevens believe they are always okay and everything is just fine, and then there's another line or force where reality says, no, there's suffering limitations. The third point, which goes down in this tradition, connecting this triangle, is the defense mechanism of rationalization. And so rationalization for the seven, it's an intense pattern of turning every situation into a positive one to avoid dealing with emotional pain and discomfort. It's also creating reasons, excuses, and explanations for why something negative has occurred to them or by them. So that's a huge thing that happens there with sevens. And I didn't notice it until a few years ago. How many years ago was that? Uh, I don't remember, but it was a few years ago this happened. I was at an Enneagram um, place, like Enneagram conference, and I had rented this hostel after I had rented a hotel because it was close to the place. It was downtown San Francisco. And I was like, cool, I'll just stay at this hostel. I'm going to save some money. And I'll um, be able just to walk simply to uh, the place we were having our events. And in this, the hotel was nice that I first was in. I loved it. It was great. And so I moved to the hostel trying to save money. And I went in the hostel. And I remember the morning after leaving, after the first night I stayed there, I was walking kind of up like this incline because, you know, San Francisco has all these hills and all this type of stuff. So I'm walking up and I walk out the front door, walking towards where I was supposed to be going um, to start and do the Enneagram thing. It was like the fourth or fifth day. And I was like, ah, that was okay. That was all right. And then I paused and I said, no, it wasn't. And I replayed what actually happened and I caught myself because I had made this situation that was I thought was totally okay, not okay. And so let me go back. Now, when I got to this hostel, which is if you've ever been to one, you know it's different from a hotel, right? So I get there. Obviously, the hotel thing, this is the first time ever trying a hostel. The hotel thing is much different. So I get in the elevator. It's already kind of sketched, kind of creepy. Maybe one or two people can fit in at max, and I feel like I'm going to get trapped on it. But whatever. I get to my room, and I get to my room, and when I open it, it smells like bathroom. And I was like, ooh, I don't like this smell in here. 
And when I get in there, there's already a guy laying in one of the bunks or whatever. And I was like, oh, high question mark or no high? I just kept, I was like, I don't know. So then I looked to see where my bed was. And I saw like my bed, I had a top bunk and I was like, okay, whatever. Um, So I look at it and I'm like, all right, it looks clean at least, clean-ish at least. And I was like, well, I appreciate that. That's better than nothing. And then um, I look at my luggage and I'm like, hmm, I can't lock my luggage up because it's too big to lock up in their little lock thingamajiggy. So like, oh my goodness, I already don't trust these people. You know, I'm self-praised seven on top of that. So I really don't trust this room and the people I'm in here with. I don't know who else is going to be in here. So I'm like, ooh, okay. So I sit my stuff on top of like my bunk, my my uh, luggage and everything. And I'm like, oh, all right. So it feels weird in there. It has this smell like bathroom. And I'm like, ugh, like I'm I'm slick a germaphobe, not gonna lie. And this pandemic has made even even it makes my germaphobic nature look really normal. But I've been like this. So I was like, oh, okay. Anyway. So I get there, so I said, all right, I'm going to go out and eat and go out and enjoy San Francisco downtown or whatever and just see what they got to offer, you know, whatever, walk around. And plus, I didn't want to stay in that room as long as I could. I was like, ugh. I went to the lobby area. It was like, I don't like certain furniture. It feels, some furniture feels nasty, a germ, germy, I guess I would say. And it felt nasty and germy. I looked at it, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to sit down here and be amongst these different people. Just being honest, right? Nothing against them. It's just, I didn't want to be around them. I didn't know them and just felt really odd and things felt dirty. Even though they went dirty, dirty, they just didn't feel clean, clean to me. So I went out that night, went to some restaurants, went shopping in different places and just kind of explored, which is, you know, that was fun for a seven, but it's also an avoidance of what I had to go back to in my room. And so finally, I come back to my room after like walking for hours outside at night um, in downtown San Francisco. I come back to my room. There's like two or three people in there. The lights are off. And um, I was like, OK, um, awkward, but OK, whatever. So I hop in um, the top bunk and I have my luggage in there and I'm six two. This is a small, this is a small bunk and I don't really fit in it comfortably. So I'm just like, okay, we're going to make it work because it's just another night. It's okay. So I stay there, sleep with my luggage in there, which is super big, which is super uncomfortable. At the same time, the windows are so thin. I hear everybody outside the window, even though it's like eight floor, 10 floors down, I can hear everybody cursing. I can hear firefighters, cops, uh, every single thing, like taxis, hidden speed bumps. I can hear everything through the window. I'm like, God dang, while it still smells like bathroom up in there. So I'm really a little slightly frustrated, but I'm like, it's okay. It's it's good. It's all right. So I wake up the next morning, um, been tossing and turning the whole night because I, I, I can't sleep comfortably in that little bitty bed. So I wake up and I'm like, yeah, it's okay. So I, I go, it's like, let me check out the breakfast because I know they said they comes with breakfast. And I get there and they have like a whole lot of stuff out. I mean, a whole lot of stuff. I was like, wow, this is something else. And it's still quite a few people and people all around and touching stuff. And I'm like, eh, okay, whatever. But anyway, so I get there and I give me a bagel and I'm getting excited. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give me a bagel for to start my morning off nice before I go up there. You know what I'm saying? I woke up a little early and I'm spreading, you know. Uh, whatever, like cream cheese or whatever, because then I'm going to put the fruit spread on top. And then as I'm about to like move my bagel to put, you know, more stuff on it and put more stuff on my plate, this guy reached over me to grab something in a cabinet above me and his hands were wet and water dripped from his hands onto my bagel. And for me, that was it. I was done. I was like, no, he did not just do that. 
And I'm guessing he didn't know he did it because he didn't say anything. But to me, it was still rude. And, and you know, this is San Francisco. So, like, there's a lot of different cultures there. So, I don't know if just in his culture, if, you know, the proximity and space thing is different. You know what I'm saying? But nevertheless, you dripping water over somebody's food is never good. But I guess he didn't know. And I was so shocked. I was like, I didn't even say nothing. I was just like, I'm... I'm baffled, confused, mad, upset, annoyed. And so I just threw the bagel away and I just walked out. I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and go up here because this is ridiculous. I'll try to get some when I get to the place. Does your workplace stink because the culture sucks? Are you tired of tolerating people and wish you could all work together cohesively? Does going to work give you instant anxiety? If you say yes to any one of these, you should probably quit your job. But since you aren't going to quit your job, you should call Kaizen Careers. At Kaizen Careers, we are all about improving personal and workplace performance. We use a unique tool called the Enneagram. The Enneagram helps individuals and organizations become more self-aware. That self-awareness lends into helping organizations with communication, leadership, and conflict management, ultimately turning self-awareness into self-mastery and creating healthy workplace performance so you can improve your services and bottom line. You can reach Kaizen Careers at kaizencareers.com or 901-334-1644. And so while I'm walking out of the hostel, walking up this little little long hill, that's the moment I gave you before where I was like, it's okay, everything's okay, it's fine, I saved money, it was good. And I said, no, 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 Milton, that sucked. You didn't like nothing about that place. Go get your stuff, check out, and find a different place to stay the next night because that's not going to work. So um, I end up going back in and, and telling them, like, I just want to be charged for that one night and I'm not going to stay another night. And I'm going to grab my stuff and leave. And I took my bags up and took it to the Enneagram conference we were in. And it worked out because someone... Enneagram conferences are really, really interesting because people are really, really nice. And when people get to really see who you really are, they don't mind hosting you wherever they are at. So I end up staying with a wonderful person uh, who allowed me to stay at like this wonderful like um, like loft. And it was really high up. And I got to see the like the not the Golden Gate Bridge, but one of the bridges <laughs> in San Francisco. It was absolutely beautiful at night. And so it was such a blessing to be able to do that. But that never would have happened if my defense mechanism of I'm okay, I'm all right, rationalization would have kept going. I would have never known that. But I see that happen in so many other aspects of my life where it has actually stopped me from growing. It just reinforced my sevenness. Like, I'm okay and not deal with whatever the true issue or problem really is. That hostel for me sucked. It wasn't worth it. So when you think about that, it, the rationalization for the seven, it really looks like that moment when inside you want to flip or turn anything into something positive. I mean, it can be anything. And sevens are masters at it. And don't get me wrong, as parts of life that rationalization has helped and benefited sevens to be able to make it past, especially when they were younger. You know what I'm saying? To actually deal with the gravity of the situation, to be able to move forward, to be able to keep living. But as you grow, as you become an adult, it's time to deal with the real things of life. And that means suffering and limitations for sevens. And so that's uh, something that's a little difficult and hard to do. But if you're actually talking about growing, if you're actually talking about moving forward, transforming your life, being um, better for the people around you and yourself, then you're going to actually have to understand and deal with rationalization and notice when it comes up because it is a huge impediment to the seven. So you have to really be careful of it. So counteracting the defense mechanism. These two kind of go hand in hand. The first thing is I'm going to say, um, have 
empty the glass. So you know how people can usually see the glasses half full. I want sevens. It's natural to see the glass half full. I want you to work on seeing it as well as half empty. So flip it. So whenever your mind goes completely towards, oh, these are the good things that can come out of it. I know something positive that can happen. Think about how does the negative components of it work as well? And how is the glass half empty to balance yourself out? So what things are not good about the situation that you're about to enter or whatever you're doing so that you can actually truly be able to see more soberly <laughs> the situation about what's really going on? Because that was another thing about rationalization I, I realized is that I wasn't living in a true reality. I was living in a false version of reality that I kept rationalizing. And so that made me really wonder how much of my past, how much of my life that I remember was really like it was and how much of it was so obscured um, or so skewed because of rationalization. So that's very important too. It messes with your perception of reality. Also, the next thing is, since sevens are head types, ask yourself questions to kind of really try to get yourself out of these. It's like, Am I avoiding anything negative? Okay, when a situation happens, when something happens, ask yourself, am I avoiding anything negative? And if you are, then it's, it's time to actually examine and look at what you actually are avoiding in this situation to give yourself help, um, to actually see it better, to actually do something better, to be more um, in reality and more realistic. It's great to be optimistic. You need to blend it with realism as well, you know, pragmatism as well. So all these things are very important. And then once you've kind of figured out if you're avoiding something negative, then ask the next question, why? Why am I avoiding whatever this actually is that is negative? You know, why do I feel I cannot either deal with it or I don't want to deal with it? Um, because that's going to allow you to start to slow down some to really process, okay, how can I not rationalize everything that's coming my way and actually live in reality with other people and understand that there are limitations to life, but limitations are actually blessings or invitations to bring in other resources and other people and not just to shut things off, okay? So limitations and suffering are actually invitations for us to learn and grow deeper about ourselves and to handle the things that we really need to address, look at, or deal with. So. That's all I have for this episode uh, when it comes to Enneagram 7's defense mechanism of rationalization. I know it all too well. So um, just a few things. I want to give a shout out to all my Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. If you want to support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash do it for the gram. And I have some things coming up. I'm constantly working on trying to build it out better and better and better and better. Um, as I grow more into it, um, but also having more immediate contact with me when it comes to things that will be on the podcast. So that is something as well. There's also an ebook I have out right now as well that is free. You can go to kaizencareers.com and look um, for the tab ebook and get a free ebook there. I definitely welcome you get that. And then also I have a another, right now I'm doing the Kaizen Complete Enneagram program that's going on and it's absolutely phenomenal. I have absolutely amazing people in it and I'm going to be doing the second cohort come August 5th. And so if you sign up now, there is a pre-sale going on to save money on it. It's a 12-week course and we meet once a week and um, we do some really good diving in, not just learning the Enneagram from a mental standpoint, but experiencing it within your body, your own work, and doing community growth work uh, together, which is very powerful. So I just invite you to take a look at that because I'm only taking 20 people 
because I want it to be a really solid unit of people who are really uh, ready to dive in deep and ready to grow and ready to um, really, really uh, push themselves to be better people. So uh, if you're interested in that, it will be something in the show link, but also um, on all my platforms, you can find uh, that course as well. And then um, besides that, there is some big news coming up that will be coming out on all my media platforms, but I'm not sharing it right now here. So stay tuned. And then besides that, don't forget, you can also get, if you need a gift or something, there's Enneagram mugs that I do have out there on the website. And I just kind of revamped the website just a little bit. So if you want an Enneagram mug that reflects your number or someone that you love's number, you're welcome to get that because it's about a sip and grow where you can sip and see your number, but it also has a little message on there about growth for you as well. So super excited about all of those things. For Enneagram 7s, if you feel rationalization creeping up, take a deep breath, breathe, pause, and then make a better choice and do it for the gram, the Enneagram, of course, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.